So uh, um, I go through Romans 6 verse 22. I want to I I read to you something. Especially when it comes to new covenant, Romans 6 verse 22. But now having been, wait, go through verse 23. Verse 23, listen to this. Many of you will know this verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me split something up here for you. For the wages of sin is death, all covenant. But the gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, new covenant. Please understand that when you have not accepted Jesus Christ yet, you still fall under the old covenant. I want you guys to understand that. When you haven't accepted Christ yet, you still fall under the old covenant way of thinking. I must be good so that I can receive good. Jesus is, I have been good and I've done everything so that you can receive. That is His position. Why am I preaching this message? Because it is this series and this message or this style that would make people's gods come down. It'll make them stop pretending and realize, okay, you know, I've got this sin in my life, but now even today we're going to get into what is the definition of sin. So not everybody can come and say sin, this, sin, that, sin. No, no, no. There's a clear definition of sin. Okay, but God's way of seeing and looking at sin is totally different to how we look at sin. Because we have it in a modern vernacular. God has it meaning totally something totally different. So we need to understand what the word sin means. Because everyone falls into that category. Now listen to this. So, so why do we preach this to you? So that, you know, when masks are off and the pretense are off, even masks with God that you have off, you know, uh, and it can become real and you know, you know what? I don't have to pray tomorrow to be accepted by God. Just a little bit of time like that and all of a sudden you would want to pray. Anybody that has understand and received a free gift is grateful towards that gift. No one is going to say, oh wow, now I never have to pray. No, you never received the gift of eternal life. The moment you receive the gift of eternal life, there's no do's, do's, do's. It's receive, receive, receive. It has already been done by Him on the cross. Are you guys with me? Now, if you are a stupid person that says, oh, I can drink my 10 beers, I can do this, go ahead and do it. But no, listen to me clearly, anyone that is genuinely born again, not faked born again, there are those who profess the faith and then there are those who genuinely were born of the Spirit. And I don't want to explain the ratio in this church. Okay. Because maybe it's 50-50. Maybe it is 60-40. And you'll be surprised how many people will be here that is not genuinely born again because there's not birthing fruits in their lives. When the Spirit of God is on you, it must, it will produce good works. There'll be a hunger in you that you cannot, you want to, you might not be in church for three weeks, but you want to be around Christians, fellow Christians. It is a sign of the Holy Ghost that is in you. When that is not there, Something is wrong. I'm not saying you're not saved, but maybe there's something that is seriously wrong. Now when you no longer hear His voice, that second flag, that's not wrong. Are you guys with me? And the third thing, if the Holy Ghost doesn't bear witness in your spirit that you are a child of God, meaning that constantly, every day, every second, He's like a, like a fire sitting here. I'm saying you have to be on fire, but there's another one in you. You have changed, and when you just have the question, am I going to heaven? He's like, yes, you're going to heaven. He witnesses to your spirit. 
that, that you are a child of God. Are you guys with me? Those are the signs of your salvation. With, to know how you are saved, you take those three things and see if it applies to your life. Many people don't have that because they never received genuine conversion, never received genuine repentance. They received false repentance. Now we can get into apostasy. If you sit under a minister that is false, are you guys with me? And you receive Jesus under a false minister, 99.9% .9 of the time would be that you have not received the real Jesus Christ because there was no grace from the gospel being preached for you to change your heart. There's no grace released. So you need provenient grace to be released so that your heart can be shifted and changed. And yet some people will sit here and be so upset and say, why is he preaching this nonsense? He's giving all of us license to sin. You need to get saved. You are not a child of God because you wouldn't even say or think that if you genuinely got saved. If I tell you now that you, 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 can, go, you can sin now and you won't go to hell, that is how good our God is. Will you go sin? Or will you appreciate and be grateful for the fact that God is, that God is, that Jesus is so powerful? That even if you fall into sin, it doesn't have the repercussions than what it would have under the law. I know you don't like this message. Do you want me to preach hell next, next week? Christians want to hear hell. Hell this, hell that, hell this. All the comments I'm getting, hell this, hell that, hell this. Are you guys with me? You, anyway, Romans 6 verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, old covenant, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. New covenant. But now people will take, for the wages of sin is death, bringing it into today. Yeah, there's some aspect to it, but not the death that we think it is. Now go, go, uh, go previous, previous verse. Let's read it in context. But now, so read this for me. But now. Stop there. So he says, the wages of sin is death. But one verse before it, Paul is saying, I want to remind you that you are set free from sin. That's it. Not if you do one, two, three. Uh, you know, if you read your Bible here and there, if you pray this and this, if you don't do this, if you try not to go to the club, the more you try not to go to the club, you'll end up there 10 times more. Because it's done under the law. It's done with your flesh. And, and the law strengthens sin. A year later, you find yourself 10 times stronger. But when you understand I'm free from sin, there'll be no desire to want to be part of that. But it is the eternal gift of God. When it comes upon you, it can change your life completely like this. It gives you a new nature, a new person on the inside of you. A kainos creation that's living inside of you. Someone that has superpowers, not of this world. Come on now. Some ministers, this is the truth. Some ministers messed you up before you came here to us. And they did so much wrong to you, took such great offense. You are so angry with them, but you, you can't help but take it out on me. I'm serious. Grow up. I can't help if they did anything. I can't help if they, if they uh, preached the wrong gospel to you. 
I can't help if they stole you can't be leadership. I can't help if they stole your money. I, I can't help those things. We take up a normal offering here and whatever we do take up, we tell you what it is for, if it is special projects. And um, uh, 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 yeah, so, so, and everything is in our ministry account. Uh, there's no such thing as people ever giving me personal finances in my personal account. Uh, none of that. So but people think differently, I can tell you that. <sighs> Look at that car he's driving. Hmm. Let's get some old women's fables. You see men, if you're gospel, you're an old woman. Let's get some old women fables. The Bible calls it old women fables. Het jy nou weer gesien wat sy kar Leon rei? And then it's mine is much cheaper than yours. Way cheaper. But what if it wasn't? What? What is it? What is it? You see, people, you know, God is not as in control of our finances as we would like to think and have been told. You are in control of your finances. Do you need the blessing? Yes. If you don't have the blessing, you're going to be sweating, struggling, anxiety, depression. Everything is going to come with that money you've earned. It'll come, trouble will come with it. But the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. That is how you can measure what is of God and what is not of God. Are you guys with me? And the very first thing I do is when I begin to judge when others have something. Money make, takes a turn at me and realizes, oh, you don't like me. How, would you ever go to somebody's house who doesn't like you? You'll feel unwelcome there. Money feels unwelcome by many people. Simply because the way they speak against even God's people that are blessed, their brothers and their sisters that are blessed. Hmm. But secretly in their own hearts, they love money. Are you guys with me? When money can no longer become an object to you, it's nothing. Then now it has no more power over you. When it can come into your hands, you can just flow out of your hands. What is the reason of the tithe? The tithe is to show your belief. Are you guys with me? What is the reason? What is the need? Because everybody says the tithe is under the old covenant. No, but it was 400 years before the old covenant. The reason Abraham did it 400 years before the Old Testament, before the law, sorry, before the law, is because he believed in God. Are you guys with me? Now there's a difference to believe that. God, I'm going to explain now, and believing in Christ, in God. The demons believe that Jesus can heal, but they don't believe in Jesus Christ. Are you guys with me? So we believe in Christ is our healing. We believe in Christ. But to say that that Christ, we believe that Christ can heal. Demons can say that, the devil can say that. But only a believer can say, I believe in Christ. Anyway, say with the new covenant, old covenant. Put on the scripture. But now, having been set free from sin. Say with you, I've been set free from sin. That's it. You're dead to sin. There's nothing else you have to do. The moment, you don't have to fast to get dead to sin. You get fast to work with the flesh so that you can align yourself closer to God. Are you guys with me? But now, having been set free from sin, people get upset, but I'm just reading the words. Having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness 
and the end everlasting and the end everlasting life. So, so there are different foundations. Let me explain. Let me explain. You have in maths before you can do multiplication, you have to do addition. You can't move on to multiplication and division without addition. Are you guys with me? And uh, 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 and uh, you, you can't. You, 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 those are certain levels. You can't jump the levels. The same with with English language. You first learn the letters, then you learn words, then you learn sentences. You can't immediately start sentences before you don't even know letters or words. So there is something that the Bible says that we must become skilled with before we become mature. These things we have to become skilled with before we can even enter into a place where if we are not mature or skilled in this, we're still in a place of immaturity. We're in a grade one or grade two. Are you guys with me? Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. So Hebrews 5.13. Hebrews 5.13. For everyone, so with the everyone, who partakes only of milk, the babes, is unskilled in the words of righteousness. For he is a babe. For he is a baby Christian. What is the word of righteousness? Let me replace it to you. Righteousness means, uh, uh, word means message. Are you guys with me? Righteousness is grace. So it is the message of grace. Let me reread it to you. Everyone who partakes only of milk is a baby. It's unskilled, a baby, unskilled in the message of grace, in the gospel of grace, for he is still a baby. So when we get people attacking, say they want to go to hell, this, that, they, they, they hate this grace message, all I see in my mind, a grade one, grade two, you'll still get to know God better. Because then you begin to understand new covenant. That if I can take my salvation away, it means Christ came and did a half job on the cross. But if I can fool God as I can go do what I want, I can go drink here, I can do this, I can do that, I can beat up my wife here, I can beat up the kids here. No, 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 no. Then you've never been saved to begin with because sin will have no power over you. Or you would be grieving to such painful ways to repent. You would be convicted. You would be under the discipline of the Lord. The hand of the Lord will be upon you. Are you guys with me? And God does not discipline others. He only disciplines His own. So if you never feel the discipline of God, meaning if you're out there doing something and you don't feel the discipline of the Holy Spirit on your heart, I doubt according to the, according to the Bible it says you are not His child. God does not discipline an illegitimate child. God disciplines His own. Are you guys with me? So say with me, become skilled in the message of grace, in the word of righteousness, so when you become skillful in grace, now you're mature. Any person on the street, you can walk to them now and ask them, how do you get to heaven? They'll give you law. Are you guys with me? I'm a good person. You know, I'm not, I, I don't steal. That's what most of them would say. Why? The law is in them. They know the law. There's a merit, evil merit system built up in them. Whether it's good merits, bad merits, okay, I've built up such good merits with God. So now I'm going to get something. You know, 10 years I've been fasting and praying. I think now somebody's going to buy me a car. You, he could have bought you, given you a car one day into your salvation. If, 
if, say with me, if you understand this thing which we're doing this year is about called the blessing. The moment you step into it, you know, there's one thing that keeps people away from the blessing of God. It is the law and unbelief. There's three things actually. It is the law, unbelief and murmurings. Those three things keeps people out or away from the blessing. It violates the blessing. Are they saved? Absolutely. But they fail to experience the blessing in their lives. So then the land of not enough, and then there's the land of just enough, and then there's the land of more than enough. Many Christians just have their little meats met every, every month because they've never tapped into the full blessing of God. Are you guys with me? You're silent today. It is okay. Let's go on. I trust your silence is listening and not uh, rebelling. If you rebel against this message, dear God, I'll send you to a lot of other churches that can preach good hell, doom hellfire, doom and gloom hellfire. Uh, so, 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 look, the belief system of man is simply the system of the law. It is do good and you get good. Do bad and you get bad. Uh, the world knows it as karma or other religions know it as karma. Uh, but, Timothy, but, Jesus did everything on the cross. He qualified for you on the cross. And I know I'm repetitive on this until it sinks into people. Because what you believe determines your whole life, your business, your finances, your outlook, your marriage. It flows through to everything. Now you begin to stop being bad towards your husband or your wife because you're grateful for grace that has given you something that is undeserved, not only salvation, but all the blessings that comes with it. Because if you're truly blessed, you begin to walk in real blessings. What is the discipline of God? The discipline of God can be quite severe. It can even begin to make you lose things, material things, financial things, because He's waiting for your heart. And it's better He does. Have you ever taken something from your child and said, okay, you're no longer playing with that toy? I'm not speaking about the gifts being irrevocable. I'm speaking about blessings. Are you guys with me? He can remove a blessing like that because He's looking for your heart, because your heart was taken by the blessing. Are you guys with me? So Jesus said, He did everything, all good success, all uh, 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 prosperity, all favor, every blessing. He did everything. He qualified you for it. So we did nothing and Jesus did everything. Even, I just want to get to a certain point, even when you can fail, you fail backwards, you, you fail forward. Let me say it again. In God, there's two things I'm going to get into right now in the message. The Bible says that the law strengthens sin, but then it goes on, it says that, that some of you have fallen from grace. The Scripture would say you have fallen from grace. How many people would use that to say that people have fallen back into sin? doesn't mean that. Fallen from grace simply means you have stepped out of grace back into the law. Grace is here, the law is here. So you have fallen from grace into the law because you have begun to do it with your own self-efforts. Are you guys with me? There is absolutely, say with me, no merit system. 
There's no merit system with God. There's not like, okay, I've got this much good so I can get this much good from God. I've done this much good so I can get this much good for God. I've done this little bit of bad. I need to do so much more bad. It is wiped away. It is because of one thing and one thing only. The blood of Jesus Christ, where the Bible says He has made a way for you once and for all into the most holy place. Meaning the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, when you genuinely gave your life to Him, the day you genuinely got saved, that was it. It is a sealed, done manner. That is it. But now people can choose to stay still in a place of not being blessed before even getting there. Are you guys with me? Because they choose to stay in the law and not press forward to a place of grace. So what ends up? They're in a law and they are saved, but they're not experiencing any blessings. You have to become skilled, so these skilled in this word of righteousness. When we preach to you that you are the righteousness of God, but when we preach to you the gospel or the message of grace, and there's no such thing as a gospel of grace, it is simply the gospel. It is just that people have perverted the gospel, so they call the gospel something else now. Now it is like Jesus came to meet your needs in every area. But the moment you get involved in church, they say, no, you have to do this, you have to do that. You're bad here, you're bad there. So they tricked you into a thing. I thought Jesus allowed me, he said, I can just come as I am. And do and just come as I am, not do as I am, but come as I am. And He will take care of the rest. No, 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 you need to take care of the rest. Uh, you know, you need to stop smoking, we're saying now. I mean, have we ever said to anybody, I've never told anybody to stop smoking and I believe neither did my leadership. We never told anybody to stop drinking unless, unless if it's like a, an issue and we can see it's openly and the Bible says you have to go and confront your brother uh, because they're not listening to the Holy Ghost. Okay, uh, and that's called love. But if somebody's just struggling with a thing and it is there, let the Holy Ghost convict them. I promise you right now, if they're sitting under the Word for more than a month or two, the Holy Spirit will convict them more and more and more to say, I want to give up those things. And I can ask you now, if I have to ask how many hands to raise, how many hands, how many are smoking, not a lot of people are going to raise their hands because the Word of grace has already taken effect. So the Bible says this, it says, grace teaches you. Grace teaches you. So if you have received the message of grace, if you have received Christ, He will teach you to live a holy life. Grace will teach you to live a holy life. So grace comes as a teacher. You don't have to be worried. If you're genuinely saved, He will teach you. Are you guys with me? He will guide you through. He'll tell you, don't do this, do that, don't do this. That's the voice of the Holy Ghost, the voice of grace that is in your life, that is teaching you. Mm. Let's, let's go on, let's go on. Say with me, blessed man or a cursed man. I want to get to the difference between a blessed man and a cursed man. And I've got 30 minutes left with you. Blessed man or a cursed man. You guys did take up the offering, eh? Jeremiah 17 verse 5. Let me give you a picture of what a blessed man is and what a cursed man is. Jeremiah 17 verse 5, Thus says the Lord of hosts, or thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man. So the cursed is the man who trusts in man. That man, that second man changed it to self. Say who trusts in self. 
That's what the Scripture says. So when is the curse activated over your life? What curse? We're going to get to it a little bit later. It's called the curse of the law. When is it activated over your life? The moment I trust in myself. The moment I trust into myself, I shift to the law. And I don't receive grace anymore. Are you guys with me? Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh, this flesh here, his strength. Whose heart departs from the Lord. For he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see, listen to these words very carefully, and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. He shall inhabit and his living shall be in a wilderness, in a salt land which is not inhabited. Salt land meaning he shall be thirsting all the time. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So I want to give you a picture of the cursed man and a picture of the blessed man. Are you guys with me? Da-da-da. So, so first of all, before we get into the picture, how can you be cursed? How can you become a cursed man? The Bible says in verse 1, it says, trust, cursed is the man who trusts in man. When you trust in man, you become cursed. It is to put confidence in your own efforts, your own good words, you are self-made. Even in business, even if you're a millionaire, you're like, I'm a self-made millionaire. No, no, no. I'm a God-made millionaire. That is better. Because the moment I say I am self-made, I begin to worship self. Why was Lucifer put out of heaven? Because he said, I will exalt myself. I will exalt myself. I will be like the Most High. I will rule. And he goes on in that five I wills. The very strength or the very thing that is the strength of man that is against God, which God opposes. The Bible says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. So everywhere where he smells the stench of pride, he pushes it away. What is pride? When I put my trust in myself for my business, when I put my trust in myself, so guess what? I end up at late at night full of anxieties. I end up, I have to go out with, uh, with uh, I have to come home every morning, two, three, three o'clock if my wife attacks me, I say, ah, oh, there's pressure, I have pressure. You don't understand the pressure I have. No, 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 because you have self-effort. I can build this church out of self-effort if I want to. I will be dead. Are you guys with me? To take care of so many people, which is not only here, we have it all over. And think about them every night and wonder what is going, why is this one backstarting? Why is this one upset? Why is this one offended? Where is this one? Where is this one that we have raised up? You will be a psychological, mental mess. How do you do it? Grace. I understand the promise of God. I move or operate in grace. I know that everything we have is undeserved. It's not mine even to begin with. It is because of the blessing of God upon my life. And because of that, I can now thank Him. Because of that, I can put my trust in Him. Because if my trust is in myself, this thing will fail like this. But if my trust is in Him, it would, 
it would, uh, my trust is in Him, I become a blessed man. The Bible says, the, uh, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. So how do I become rich? I trust in Him. When I trust in Him, I become the blessed of the Lord. When I'm the blessed of the Lord, riches come. Minus sorrows. Are you guys with me? So what is the whole thing? People don't trust in the Lord. Is this message too simple for you? We are not preaching dimensions and realities and force field systems and all this stuff. Okay. But uh, you can do all those things and not understand grace. And understand the very, and, and, nothing, and, and lose all the very essence of the gospel. The blood that cleanses you. Because sometimes you're going to have people use all spiritual vernacular, but yet the blood hasn't cleansed them yet. They can speak deep spiritual things, but the blood hasn't done its full work in them. They haven't believed on the finished work of the cross. If you and I believe in the finished work of the cross, your life will be turned out like, will be turned out like a movie. I'll explain now. Uh, so number one, the cursed man trusts in man. And number two, he makes flesh his strength. When you make flesh your strength, you're focused on your self-effort. What you have done. Are you guys with me? Uh, in other words, cursed is the man. This is how the verse would go. Put it back up. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes self-effort his strength. Every time I make self-effort my strength, any success I attain becomes partial success. Are you guys with me? Any success I attain becomes partial success. Uh, when I have the blessing of God, success permeates in every area of my life. But God never gives you a blessing at the expense of your marriage, your children, your health, if that thing is taking your marriage, your children, your health, you must know the blessing of the Lord is not in there. Somewhere I have my self-effort in this thing. Are you guys with me? Go to Proverbs 10 verse 22. Proverbs 10 verse 22. Let's go. The blessing of the Lord. Say with you, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Say with me, the blessing makes me rich. This is a verse that you have to print out on a paper like this and you put on your door going, going into your room and the other side of your door coming out of the room. On the kitchen fridge with a magnet. On the door when you go out of your house. On the door when you come into the house. Even Jacob was, had more wisdom than some of us. He said, I want that I'm putting an image of that up in a pole, I'm putting a pole into the water and the animals are going to come and mate and they're going to look at that image and they're going to give birth of to their own kind. So when I look at this thing, I take out my wallet or my phone with my credit card on and I say, look at this. <laughs> Proverbs 10, 21. The blessing of the Lord. Now, if, if you don't like this, Get that devil of unbelief out of your heart. Get that devil of religion out of your heart, you self-centered person. That you would come so against the Word of God. So let's read it again. So the blessing of the Lord makes me rich and adds no sorrow to it. That's simple. So you can declare it and decree it and prophesy it every day. Why? 
it is the promise and the word of the Lord for you in His words. Mm. Are you guys with me? Your mouth is one of the biggest creators. I'm speaking in this realm. That's why God gave it to you. That's why He shut the mouths of animals. That's why some of them still have a little bit of a voice box. Have your seats. There was a moment in time when God ceased and made the animals not to talk. You don't believe me. Go study. Are you guys with me? That's why you find a voice box in some of them. And then the Lord said, okay, let me open up the voice box of the donkey. He already has a conscience. But let me open up his voice box. So when the donkey could finally speak, he said to Balaam, why are you hitting me like this? I'm your donkey on whom you've ridden for him. So, so the donkey cannot only speak, he can think he has a conscience, he has a will, intellect, emotions. And that wasn't God speaking through the donkey. That was the donkey. Are you guys with me? So there was a time when animals could speak. God shut it down because He said, only man have the ability to speak with their mouths because their mouths have the ability to create. Are you guys with me? Even the world understands this thing. They give you little cards that says affirmations. And then every morning you wake up and you do these good affirmations that some, some tree hugger or uh, somebody gave you somewhere. These affirmations like, uh, um, everybody loves you. Everybody loves me. I'm a likable person. I'm a generous. And he, but now we get to the Word of God. No, 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 no. Yet the world has more wisdom because they decided to put their mind, apply their mind to certain things and look at the, look at the, on a molecular level, what, or atomic level, what words does. But Christians are just like, oh, I'm just, you see, when people become a Christian, some of them become the stupidest people ever. I've seen it. Their senses drop, their intelligence disappears. They stop thinking. Because we have made God out to be a mystical spiritual force somewhere that we have to pray to. Do I believe in the all-sufficiency, all-powerful, all-knowing God? Yeah, of course. Omnipotent, omniscience, omnipresence. But the new covenant, say with me, new covenant. The new covenant shifted. I'm going to maybe preach on it next week because the new covenant shifted everything. It's now no longer God far away. It is God in you. So now it is you, when you take your hands and work, God is working. That is why, if you understand this revelation, you can have something called the Midas touch. You touch this and it just blessed. In your workplace, you can't be a Christian in our church and complain about your workplace. These people that are following me, oh, I don't have an ungodly boss. I've got an ungodly boss. He doesn't like me read my Bible. Shut up. Leave your Bible at home. Leave your Bible at home. Even leave your Christian manners at home. Or your Christian non-manners at home. And go to work like a normal person. And let them see God. Not by your praying and worshipping when you're supposed to be working. Listen, I'm a church. We are a church. We employ staff. If I walk in and Marie's just worshipping the whole day, I'll be like, when is the, when is the work going to be done? But you think your ungodly boss 
I'm telling you, there's people in our church that come and complain, my boss is so cruel towards me. Become of value. Know how to increase your value. It's simple. Become needful. That if you want to leave, that they say, I don't want you to leave. That means your value is increased. Some of your bosses can do without you 10 times over. That means you have decreased your value. And I'm not speaking about the value of the cross, by the way. I'm speaking about valuing up yourself, that you can become needed and required. That is how you increase your salary. But what does this have to do with the gospel? Well, you know, your gospel is not you now, those on the internet. Uh, their gospel, gospel doesn't even look after your family. So let's first maybe get to looking after your family. Why did Jesus preach on finances more than death, hell and faith and prayer all together? Because, or hell, faith and prayer all together, because you understand, without finances, you're a beggar. There's no glory to God. There's nothing in heaven waiting for you. So don't, don't, don't think of the Lazarus story, okay? That was in a total different concept. It was like Lazarus, I want to be the poor man so that I can, no, he just got to heaven. He didn't mean he got a lot in heaven. Are you guys with me? And your poverty will never send you to heaven. Jesus Christ sends you to heaven. And then, when you have the blessing, really, because He's the blessing. So the, bless, so the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and answer sorry to, sorry to it. Listen to me. One, say with you one moment. And your life can be changed in one moment of favor. You don't believe it because you don't have faith. Mm. Say with you one moment. One moment of favor can make you live your life as if you are in a movie. Things will begin to shift and change. As if you are, as if you can go from, you can go from a pauper to a prince. It is not fantasy. It is possible. It takes years of training, but years of applying. But one moment of the years of applying, what do I mean applying yourself? In the world system and in the relationship with God, where the favor and the anointing is so strong on you, that in one moment, somebody can offer you something. Are you guys with me? It's called a 24-hour miracle. Joseph had it, David had it, Obed-Edom have it, Samson had it, and I can go on and on and on. David in 24 hours came to Saul and he got the, the king's daughter. He got the respect of the whole nation. He became famous in the whole nation. His name became trending and he became a household name in the whole nation. And he got given land, properties, riches, and he became best friends with the king's son. Albert Eden with three months with the glory in his house and his name became known in the whole nation. And the glory made him wealthy. Come on, are you guys with me? Samson had one dream because he gave a thousand offerings and he got God's attention. And one dream, he woke up from there and kings and queens gave him treasuries of money and just dropped it off by him with ships and ships and ships. Joseph's life, one moment, he was in the prison and they came to him suddenly. What was he doing? He was practicing his gift in his place where he's at. He was exercising the gift that God gave him. And when he was doing it and being faithful, in one moment they said, Pharaoh is calling for you. Go get dressed. In one moment, he was from prison to next to Pharaoh. This is the old covenant. Now a new covenant has been written and signed in your name. 
which means the God who lifts Obed-Edom, Samson, David, Joseph, is in you. Are you guys with me? Have your seats, have your seats. I know you can't rejoice if you're now a little bit backslidden because you feel a little bit irritated. It's okay. You must just go out, slap yourself. Come back in. Your life can change. Let me look at a picture. I'm running out of time here. Oh, I hope I'm going to finish it. A picture of the cursed man. A picture of the cursed man. <sighs> a picture of the cursed man. We don't finish, we'll finish tonight. For he shall be, now listen to verse 6. Oh wait, yeah, go to verse 6, guys. I was at, um, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, go to Jeremiah 17, verse 6. That's the main scripture. Eh? Jeremiah 17, verse 6. For he shall be, now the cursed man, he's saying the cursed of the man trusts in his own flesh. He shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes. So he not see. So he is unable to see when good comes to him. So good does come to him, but God has blinded him. Are you guys with me? He is unable to see it and good passes him by. Those under the curse cannot see good because they trust in their own self-efforts. They are blinded by pride. They are blinded by pride. They can't, they can't appreciate their wives. They can't appreciate their children. And then when it comes to, when it comes to uh, blessings, those blessings they miss. Are you guys with me? Why can't they see it? Say own ability, own strength. They trust in their own strength. They believe that the good they have, they made it. Not God. It's my hard-working hands that made it. And you give no acknowledgement. So what is the tithe? The tithe is simply saying, God, I trust you. Are you guys with me? He will be like a shrub in the desert. Say with me, a shrub. So the scripture says he will be like a shrub in the desert. The word shrub means to be naked, bare, and exposed. Naked, bare, and exposed. So he says he will be like a man that is naked, bare, and exposed. Let's go to verse 7. I want to show you the blessed man. Wait, wait, go back one verse. shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but listen to this, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness. He will always be in a wilderness. You always hear in a cursed man's words, oh, I'm just in a wilderness. I'm in a wilderness. Nothing is happening. What is a wilderness? Nothing is happening. Are you guys with me? Okay, let's go to verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers, by the waters, which spread out its roots by the rivers and will not fear when heat comes, but his leaf will be green, so if he evergreen, and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. A blessed man, say, I am blessed. A blessed man is like a tree by the waters. A blessed man is robust stoic, full of vitality, strength and good success and longevity. Even when heat comes, a blessed man will not fear it. 
Let me go a little bit uh, deeper. It says in the King James, it says that a blessed man shall not see when the heat comes. It means that even when the when uh, even a blessed man when the heat comes, he is not even conscious of that heat. Everybody else will see. Why you not be careful of this? He's just unfocused on Christ. What heat are you talking about? Or what problems are you talking about? Uh, what lockdown or what recession? My eyes is upon Jesus Christ. I haven't felt it. In fact, my finances doubled. This or that. He doesn't see the heat. If you look at your heat, you will become like a Peter in a sinking water. When his eyes was on the waves and the storm. Are you guys with me? Timothy, I am blessed. So the blessed is not even conscious of the seasons of heat. A blessed man is, let me say it like this, a blessed man is not sin conscious. And I'll close off with this to bring clarity to a scripture of this. Are you guys with me? The moment you are blessed, the moment you are blessed, you see, sin only has a hold on people because they're under the law. When you're not under the law, the Bible says grace triumphs over the law, triumphs over sin. When you're, not under, when you're under the law, it gets strengthened. But when you're not under the law, it's like you don't even see sin. I can't even be, begin to imagine, I can't even begin to think the last time I thought. Now all our not skilled in the message of righteousness, brothers and sisters online and maybe in the building, who have not yet grown in maturity with the Lord. Because I know in my immaturity with the Lord, you think all, you're very legalistic. I mean, you don't do this, you don't do that. I'm not speaking of morals. And listen to me, guys, you have different types of laws. You have three laws. You have the Mosaic law, then you have civil law, then you have moral law. Not all those laws have been done away with. Only the Mosaic law has been done away with. Are you guys with me? So you can still sin morally as breaking a moral code. There are repercussions for that, although even with that, God has wiped all laws in terms of Him. But the earth still have consequences for the moral law and for civil law, not for Mosaic law. Because the Mosaic law at the time became civil law as we see in the past. But the Mosaic law has been done away with. The civil law and the moral code, moral law is still there. It's still there. Meaning if I go and do unto others, not as I would want to do unto myself, I go and shoot somebody, beat somebody up. That's a moral code of violation. Are you guys with me? Then there's a moral code of standard that I can break against my own body. Although the law, the civil law says it's fine. Transgender. Are you guys with me? So even though the civil law is saying it's fine, I break a moral code against my body. And it means there's going to be effects, that is consequences that is going to go after that. So, I'm not speaking of just going around and have no more morals and blah, 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 blah. You know, uh, I mean, we get, I got a message yesterday. He is the most, uh, Leon is the most immoral person I've ever seen in my, in my life. He has no, he has no, standard of moral code and they must just be perverts and everything around. I got a whole message like that. You know, God bless them. Uh, never from South Africa, it's always America. Um, one or two from South Africa, but then, you know, yeah, they lose everything because they're too close here. <laughs> but uh, because they know, not because of us, but they make stupid decisions. But when you walk in grace, sin comes and it touches you. 
but you're not even conscious of it because your eyes is focused on one, Jesus Christ. So you can be sin conscious or righteousness conscious. The Holy Spirit is not here to convict you of sin. No way is there a scripture like that. It says He convicts the world of sin, righteousness and judgment. You are not of the world, but you are in the world. Jesus' words. But He convicts you unto righteousness. He comes to you to push you and bring you to righteousness. He comes to you to remind you of your righteousness. He comes and whispers to you, you don't belong in this place because you are better than this. You are righteous. Hey, you don't belong in this bar or this, or this club or this with your friends here or doing. You're better than this. I have a more righteous place for you. He convicts you unto righteousness. Are you guys with me? So say, so, so the blessed man is not sin conscious. Say he's also not, say with the problem conscious. He's also not problem conscious. The blessed man will be like a tree whose leaf continues to be green. You will be evergreen. This means that you will enjoy divine health. Are you guys with me? Say evergreen. When you are blessed, there's a realm of blessedness. Listen, we're all attaining for, but it's divine health. It's also where you will have no anxiety and fear for any recession coming, for anything coming. Drought means a famine. It means a collapse or a recession that we are in or wars. It's bad news for the world, but it is good news for you because you will not cease from yielding fruit even in a season that is not favorable. So if the dollar crashes, if the economy crashes, you will still make money. And they will look and say, but what is it? It's because I'm evergreen. I don't change with seasons. I am green all the year through. I yield fruit all the year through because Christ is real. He is Lord of my life. I received His blessing upon my life. Now it is the blessing of the Lord that makes one rich. And with that wealth, He adds no sorrow. And then He makes me a generous man to look after many others so that people can praise God because of me. Are you guys with me? Have a seat, have a seat. We're done in five minutes, even though the message is not going to be done in five minutes, but we'll be done in five minutes. So, so how do I fall under the curse? How do I fall under the curse? Let me see if I can quickly go through it. How do I get under the curse? Say with you when I go into the law. When I fall back under the law. Now, when somebody falls back under the law, does that mean I lose my salvation? No. It just means I'm not reaping the big full benefits of the cross. That's as simple as that. That I'm just not reaping the full benefits of the cross. So, so to reject God's grace is to fall back into works. When I fall back into, when I, the Bible says we fall from, put it on Galatians 5 verse 4. Let me just show you something. Many people think when you fall from grace, you fall into sin. You don't. You fall into the law, which then introduces sin into your life. Are you guys with me? So you have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by the law. Listen, read it very slowly. I'm going to read it very slowly. You, say I. I. Open not you, but you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by the law. You are trying to make yourself right by what you do and what you don't do. By a merit system with God. You have fallen from grace. 
So once you go back to depending on your works to be blessed, I must do this to be blessed, I must do, I have fallen from grace and I'm back under the curse of the law. What is the curse of the law? There's three things in Scripture that Scripture explains the curse of the law is death, poverty, sickness. Are you guys with me? If those three things is evident, it's a clear sign you are under the curse of the law. Say with me, death, say poverty, say sickness. If those things are riddled in your life, stop looking at curses and look at one curse, the curse of the law. And how do you get out of the curse of the law? You don't bind it and renounce it. You stop doing what you're doing in terms of trying to please God and trying to be spiritual and trying to earn God's blessing and trying to be good. And you put your trust fully on the Lord and you say, God, I'm trusting in you. And Paul just, in the coming of the new calendar, they say the way we do it is we trust Him first in our finances. That's how it works. You trust Him in your finances. And as you trust Him in your finances, God can see in your heart where your heart is. Let's go Galatians 3.10. Paul makes it very clear in Galatians 3.10. Galatians 3.10. I want to go quickly through this. Oh, I got five minutes left. For as many of as of you works of as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, for as many as are of the works of the law, if you are under any work, you are you are under the curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now listen to this. He says, cursed is any single person who doesn't continue doing the law because you started doing the law which are written in the book of the law. He says, the moment you start doing one, you have to fulfill the whole law. Meaning it is not God who curses you, it is the law that curses you. It is the law itself that condemns you. Are you guys with me? No person can meet that standard to fulfill the whole law. That's why Jesus had to come. The verse goes on, it says, Cursed is everyone that does not continue, as I just read you now, in all things which are written in the book of law to do them. The moment you fail in one law, you're guilty of failing in all of them. The person who does not continue, he brings a curse upon himself. Let's go verse 11. Now listen to this verse, verse 11. But that no one is justified. Say, I am not justified by the law. In the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by by them and not by faith. So he's saying the one under the law cannot live by faith and the one by faith cannot live under the law. So we live under faith, not the law. The moment I'm under the law, I have to now fulfill the whole law and the curse of the law comes upon me. What is that? Death, sickness, poverty. That's why the moment a church preaches the law, what is the results of the congregation? Death, sickness, poverty. Now they preach grace. What is the, what is the results? Life. Say with your life. Say life more abundantly. Okay. So, 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 I want you to, where are we? Verse 12. Let's go to verse 13. I want you to read for two verses. That is very important. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Next verse. That the blessing, say with you, the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. How do we receive it? Through 
faith, not the law. So there's, this, there's a promise of the Spirit that we have received as Gentiles, which is the blessing of Abraham, which is not the curse under the law, but many has brought the curse of the law upon themselves because they're working in a way of law. They're not receiving grace from God. Are you guys with me? So, even if you do fall back into sin, because the law has been fulfilled and your sin has been judged on the cross, the law can no longer condemn you even if you do fall into sin because Jesus forgave you. He forgave your past, present and future sins. You better be glad He did because one second from now is your future. Are you guys from now? Now is your future. Okay, or your future is now, literally. Okay, so, uh, so now you have the power to fail and learn and then the power, given the power to fail not anymore through Jesus Christ. Because when you fail, you're not under the law and held accountable to the law. When you now fail, you have a mediator, an advocate with the Father that pleads and intercedes on your behalf. And He stands on you. Every time you fall, you have an advocate. Every time you fall, you have an advocate. He became an advocate and He set the new covenant because He knows none of us are going to be able to make it. Are you guys with me? Let me close off with this. It's, it's, let me close off with this. I hope I can. Romans 4 verse 6. Romans 4 verse 6. I want to show you King David's definition of a blessed man. Romans 4 verse 6. Just as David also described the blessedness of the man, the blessing of God, to whom God imputes righteousness for, apart from works. Wait, 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 wait. Just as also David described, say with you, the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes righteousness apart from work. So he's saying, God is saying, blessed is the man to whom God has imported righteousness apart from works. So you want to be cursed? You need works to be imputed to you, even with your righteousness. But he says, the one is blessed who has righteousness apart from works. Then he goes on, blessed are those whose lawless deeds, whose sins are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man, listen to this, to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. What is he saying? He says, blessed is the man, even if he sins, that the Lord will not hold him accountable. This message is making many of you uncomfortable, or you know everything. I can see some sit like, others look at me a bit angry. What do you want to hear? You shall receive poverty. Hell is your portion. You will burn in hell because you watched this thing last night. You're going to burn in hell because you did this at your work. And we preach you so sin conscious, you can never re-preach the gospel to anyone. You're so self-condemned in your mind, you are not free. Listen to me, it is the grace of God that makes you free, that makes you stay free. If you're genuinely, if you can fool yourself if you're not genuinely saved. But if you're genuinely saved, don't kid yourself, you would not have no desire to be in sin. Are you guys with me? So can the, a blessed man, have you said, can a blessed man now sin and nothing happens? Happens. Does a believer now have the ability to sin and nothing happens? I want to close with this. We need to look at the definition of sin. The definition of sin in the Greek means hamartia, which simply means to miss the mark. 
Are you guys with me? So when you read sin in the Bible, read it as missing the mark. How many here have missed the mark? Okay. Some are perfect. See, those are the under the law because they have to be perfect to go to heaven. Under the law, uh-huh, you have to have everything right to go to heaven. And even that you cannot, it is impossible to fulfill the law. But amartya simply means to miss the mark. The way I spoke to this person, I shouldn't have spoken to them like this. The way my thought was here, I go. Now you want to tell me you have the keen insight and ability and intellect of mind to remember every single missing the mark in your life so that you can now repent from it. And that's the only way that God can send you to heaven. You got to stop fooling yourself. Stop getting yourself and making yourself God. That is why Jesus came. Because what you and I were unable to do, He was able to do. What we could never do, what we could never fulfill, He was able to fulfill on your behalf so that you don't have to fulfill it. He doesn't give you the power to fulfill it. You don't have to fulfill it because He came as a mediator, as an advocate. He came on behalf of you. Are you guys with me? He was the, the lamb, perfect lamb, being sacrificed, so missing the mark. So now we have to ask the question is whether a believer is still righteous if he misses the mark. Is he still righteous if he misses the mark? Well, the Bible says, blessed is the man whom the Lord shall not impute to him the instances where he misses the mark. So yes, where you miss the mark, you are still righteous. Your sin does not affect your righteousness. God's Word is said, it is done. Are you guys with me? He has made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So now you can come boldly before His throne. In a time of mercy, by His throne of grace, boldly in by the blood. Many people that are sin conscious cannot enter His presence because they think they don't deserve it. The devil brings up the sins of yesterday and the sins of what they did many years ago or they just feel unworthy. Listen, you could never approach God, but Jesus came as a mediator, as a funnel. So now when you get to God, you get in Christ and you stand in front of God in Christ. And when God looks at you, you are in Christ. When you stand on judgment day, you are in Christ. He will see His Son's blood on you. He will have His Son as an advocate right next to you. The best lawyer you can ever find on heaven and on earth will plead your case in front of the Father and put the new covenant on His desk like this in the courtroom and say, there it is signed in my blood that they will have eternal life and life more abundantly. But don't wait till you get to heaven. There's a blessed life here. There's a, there's a finished work of the cross here. Are you guys with me? Say with me, I am grace. Say, I am a people of grace. I receive the grace of God to triumph over sin. In Jesus' mighty name. Raise your hands, raise your hands, raise your hands. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, let your presence, let your glory be with them. As we come back tonight, let your presence be everywhere. I pray for this revelation week after week to drop into their hearts, into their spirits until they become a part of it. In Jesus' mighty name, we give you all the honor, the praise and the glory in Jesus. And God, let's give him one more praise offering.